2: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. We have a great show for you today. Mark Schofield is back with us. Had him here a couple weeks to talk about Patrick Mahomes specifically uh, because of all of his quarterback specific work at IT Pylon and Inside the Blue and all these different places where you can find Mark's work. But what we probably didn't explain at that point was that Mark is also the host of the Locked on Patriots. And so today is an Inside Intel episode where we're going to talk specifically about this matchup and give some information from Mark about that team, where they're at, where they're weak, that kind of thing. So, uh, but before we do, we have some news to talk about. And there were some transactions that went on on Tuesday, uh, some that we saw coming and some that we didn't. And to hit the highlights, uh, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif is going to be out for eight weeks. Uh, he did get put on IR. We kind of expected that. We knew it was going to be a bit, but he should be able to return, according to all reports, including from Andy Reid. The surprise was that Armani Watts went out there with a, a groin strain as well. Uh, this is the one that he reaggravated last week. Um, didn't think that it was that severe. It had no indication until today that it was something that an IR was even a possibility. So that is really unfortunate given his last two performances and getting better. So we will have to wait to see more Armani Watts this season. Uh, They are both going to be out a minimum of eight weeks. They can come back after that six weeks until they practice and then a three-week window to get reactivated. Uh, The only twist in that is that they already have Dan Sorensen out there. Dan Sorensen is also going to be in a three-week window when he is able to return. And if he does, that's one of those three is, is done for the season. We won't know until they have to make a decision about Dan Sorensen unless they come out and tell us ahead of time. So that's what we're waiting to hear. In the meantime, to bolster some uh, pass rush because of Justin Houston's lingering injury, he'll be out a few weeks. The Chiefs brought back old friend Frank Zombo, who knows the system and has been eerily productive in pass rush over the last few seasons with very, very few reps. So I don't expect it to take long for him to get up to speed, and we'll see how he is feeling. So that's the news for now. We're going to get to talking to Mark right now about the Patriots
2: coming up.
3: And actually, we have a special guest, Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots is here with us as well. Mark, thank you for joining us.
2: Chris, Ryan, great to be with the guys, do a little crossover stuff. I know a lot of people are excited about this Sunday night game, so it's going to, going to be fun to be here and uh, talk about it with you guys.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And most of you recognize Mark's voice from when we're talking all my homes all the time, which I'm sure we'll talk about some today too. I, I this think will Yeah. <laughs> Well, why don't we start with him and just get him out of the way? I mean, Tom Brady is by considered, even this season still, the best quarterback in the NFL for, I don't know, 20 years. How does Mahomes look to you after another couple of games?
2: I mean, I think he still is progressing about as well as you could expect. Yeah, he had the two interceptions against Jacksonville, but you know conditions and whatnot weren't ideal. Uh, We all knew that he was going to make a mistake eventually he couldn't have a perfect season as a quarterback. But I think what we've seen so far, we talked about this, you know, when I was on with you guys just a week or so ago, he's had a pretty fantastic start and they are so difficult to defend the different ways that they can attack you as an offense. And that's going to be sort of the challenge for Bill Belichick and company, is, is can, can they come up with the magic potion, the magic elixir to kind of slow this offense down enough where you can hopefully outscore them? And even outscoring them might be tougher because we just saw this defense sort of step up against Blake Bortles and company. So, you know, that's why this is going to be such a fascinating game is because, yeah, Mahomes threw two interceptions, but he's still playing so well and he's still so aggressive. And, you know, he'll take advantage of the slightest lapse in coverage. I Just look at that throw he had to Tyree Kill when he got a step on Jalen Ramsey. That's, that's all Mahomes needs right right now
3: well and nothing against your patriots but i will say this the patriots defense doesn't have the talent near the talent in my opinion at least that the denver broncos and the jacksonville jaguars have so i think that's going to uh hurt in their ability to cover all the weapons that kansas city has i am curious though how do you try to take Mahomes out of this game because You look at what Tyreek Hill was able to do. I don't see how you can press him and still keep track of Kelsey and Watkins.
2: Yeah, Chris, it's sort of the million-dollar question, and I think Belichick and Brian Flores, their linebacker coach slash defensive play caller, he doesn't have the full-on defensive coordinator title, might have hinted a little bit at what they're planning to do in their Thursday night game against the Indianapolis coach. You look at how the Patriots played defense in that game. They used a lot of 3-2-6 on the defensive side of the ball. They basically went dime. I'd say probably, I haven't fully getting done charting the note yet, but I'd have to say probably 60 to 70% of the time against Indianapolis. And what they were doing was they were basically using Patrick Chun as their third linebacker. You know they're sort of versatile box safety type player, and they can that gives them the sort of flexibility to go three three five looks if they want to, where Chung-in line is a linebacker, or if they really want to stay in dime, they go three two six, and they've got the personnel on the field to flip between the two. And I think that might be what they try at the outset, where they try a little bit more zone. They go three two six. They basically say, look, if you want to run the ball, fine, we'll give you light boxes all day long, but we're going to stay in this three two six package with some versatility to bring Chun down in the box just in case and see if you can sort of run the ball that way. And if you want to try to throw it, fine, but we're going to do some soft zone type coverage looks. We're going to give you some different stuff and see if you can beat us that way.
0: Well, I think that's apt. I personally love that. I'd like to see the running game. But for me, when I look at both these teams' offenses, and that's what I want to concentrate on, because Tom Brady's got such a storied career and and the kid's such the phenom, they're two of the top names at their positions, but... More and more, and maybe this wasn't true week one or two, but at this point, I think after last week, I look at them as being so similar in that they're both at the top of their games. They both have the top two tight ends in this league. The Chiefs have last year's rushing leader uh, and and a guy who catches well out of the backfield. The Patriots have Sonny Michelle running well now and catching well. And now with the Gordon dimension to this offense, all of a sudden they do have somebody that can go down the field, and it's not just the underneath stuff. So is there differences, or who has the advantage offense against offense?
2: I mean, offense against offense right now, I still think you have to give the advantage to Kansas City for a couple of reasons. One, there's still an acclimation period at play here with Josh Gordon and Tom Brady. There was – You know, a play before they hit on that touchdown against Indianapolis where they just were not on the same page on a route. Brady was waiting for Gordon to sort of break it off on a comeback sooner than he did. Brady ended up having to throw it away. There's still an acclimation period for Julian Edelman coming off the suspension, trying to get back into sort of game speed, game form. And Michelle... You know, you're right, Ryan, he's, he's playing great. He's running the ball well, but he's still getting acclimated to, you know, the difference between a hole in the college game and a hole in the NFL game. And there have been instances when he's shown the ability to sort of identify the crease, get skinny, and get through it or run through smoke. But it's a, still a work in progress. There are times when he's a little bit unsure of what exactly the hole is, what the best option is, and that's led to some, you know, no gains, loss of one type plays. And so, you know, he's sort of getting acclimated. So I think it's that's the difference between these offenses right now. You know, you set it up perfectly. There are some similarities here. You can see these offenses being very similar come, say, week 10, week 11. But right now for the Patriots, there's still... A feeling out phase with some of these guys.
3: Well, and I guess I'm a little curious. You look at uh, who the Patriots have lost to. They lost to Jacksonville in a game that uh, you know Jacksonville scored 31 points. Uh, Patriots only put up 20, uh, and then they lost to Detroit as well. Which you know that's Matt Patricia, so that's a little bit of a different story. But I guess where I'm really curious when it looks at when you look at this Kansas City Chiefs. Offense versus this New England Patriots defense is when you take away Tyreek Hill or you take away Sammy Watkins, you still have Travis Kelsey. And the one thing that I think that's really I'm interested to see again this week is Kansas City has, and more specifically Andy Reid, has seemed to have Belichick's number over the past couple of games when they've played. Do you think that Belichick has learned from that and is going to change the way that he's attacking uh, and, and how is that going to affect what Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do? Because I think it's going to be a whole different offense compared to when they've played in the past.
2: Yeah, I mean that's sort of the the scary thing to think about from a Patriots perspective is that you're right, Chris. I mean, this is an offense, this is a play caller, and Andy Reid that has been able to have almost have his way at times. You know, with this. New England Patriots defense. You look at that game week one last year, you know, we all remember sort of the Tyreek Hill out and up, the, the seam route to Kareem Hunt, um, some of the things they were doing offensively that, you know, teams ended up copying. And yeah, we'd get that from some other places as well. But, you know, they've been able to identify some things of what the Patriots have done, identify how to get them to say a cover two look, a cover one look, whatever the case is, and then sort of have a play call to exploit that. The, the question for Belichick is now, How do you sort of keep pace with that? How do you sort of adjust to that, knowing that the difference is now you've got a guy across the line of scrimmage in Patrick Mahomes, number 15, who's going to make the more aggressive throws that perhaps a guy like Alex Smith passed up? And so for the Patriots, you know, I I do believe that their sort of game plan is to go light, go dime packages as much as possible, go nickel packages as much as possible. Basically say, look, we're going to really sort of make you want to run the the ball on us because we think the more you run the ball and put it in Kareem Hunt's hands, you know, that's, Throws that aren't being made. That's, you know, deep shots to Tyree Kill that aren't getting taken. That's deep seam routes to Travis Kelsey that aren't being taken. I just, you know, I flash back to sort of that, you know, Super Bowl game plan he had with the Giants against Jim Kelly and company where he basically said, look, guys, I know all year long we've stressed, you know, not letting teams run the ball on on us. This week, though, I want Thurman Thomas to get 100 yards rushing because that's the only way we're going to slow this offense down. I'm just wondering if he's dusting off that playbook from that Super Bowl to try to bring it out this week.
0: You know, and I like what you said about their their plan on defense as far as the Patriots go. And Chung, obviously, I think is kind of the glue that that holds this defense together. You let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm more concerned about the guys covering the receivers, uh, the McCordys, Gilmore.
2: I mean, who's going to play? Who's where the Chiefs should attack? I mean, if I'm Andy Reid and I sort of look at this, you know, this Patriots defense right now, the guy I want to go after more than anything is, I want to throw away from Stephon Gilmore. I mean whether it's Roe back from his groin injury, you know, Jonathan Jones and Jason McCourty have been playing opposite Stephon Gilmore while Roe has been down. And those are guys that are more susceptible to giving up big plays, to giving up, you know, whether it's comeback routes, vertical routes, cross routes, things like that. Gilmore is still a very solid, very heady corner. He had a very nice play, even though he didn't pull down the interception against Indianapolis, where he was covering a vertical route, came off it. There was a little sort of flood sale concept where Eric Ebron was running the out route, jumped that. Great sort of read and play from him. He just didn't pull down the interception. But, you know, Gilmore is a solid corner. If I'm Andy Reid, I'm thrown away from him. You know, I I would imagine, you know, sometimes they do it differently. Sometimes they put Gilmore on an island with guys. I'm not quite sure that's sort of the best week to do that with him on an island against Tyreek Hill. You know, but maybe they put him on an island with a Sammy Watkins and then you see whoever is opposite – you know whether it's Jonathan Jones, whether it's McCourty, they put them actually on a Tyree Hill type with some dedicated safety help with, help with Devin McCourty over the top. But even that's different because last year, if you guys remember week one, it was Devin McCourty against T- Travis Kelsey a lot of the time, which was an interesting matchup. And so how these matchups play out, I think are going to be fascinating to watch on Sunday night.
3: Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll switch over to the other side of the ball, talk about the Patriots offense against the Chiefs defense.
0: You know, ever since we started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on. And the truth is, we don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. They are the best bet this season. We'd only recommend a service that our listeners can trust has been good to us. That's why we're urging you to check out my bookie. You win and they pay. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business just for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a particular player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match every deposit dollar one for one. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that bonus.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: All right, so my first question to you is, one of the things that I have seen over and over and over again as this Chiefs season has progressed is teams get behind the Chiefs early and they just can't play it. They just can't catch up. And one thing that I think really hurt Jacksonville this past week was they had an opportunity to probably run the ball a lot better, but they came out throwing, and they threw with Blake Bortles. Now, obviously, Tom Brady is way better than Blake Bortles. I get that. But don't you think that the way to attack this Chiefs defense is probably slow down the the game a little bit? and try to wear out their defense early on so it really has an effect later in the game?
2: You know, I think that's right. I think that's a a very good way to look at it. I think, though, you know, the interesting thing with New England is sometimes they still do that through the air. I mean, this is still a pass-first team, and they're going to want to put the ball in 12's hands, and they trust him to go out there and make plays, whether it's, you know, know, go in four wide, five wide, and still – throwing those short routes or even going condensed formations with 12 personnel 21 personnel and then throwing those deep crossers off of play action which they love to do I mean I think you know if you're a Chiefs fan and you want to get a sense of what this offense could be this Patriots offense you look at that first drive against Indianapolis with varied personnel groups varied formations varied play styles you know that was basically the Patriots you know even varying tempo at times that's what I think Josh McDaniels and company want this offense to look like and so I think that's probably what you're going to see on Sunday night. They're going to, you know, change tempo at times, change personnel at times, and really give, you know, this, this Chiefs defense a lot of things to think about, you know, from drive to drive or even from play to play.
0: Well, I'm a little jealous, I got to say, of the interior of that New England line. You guys stole a bunch of my draft sweethearts, and I'm kind of mad about it. But uh, outside of, of Mason and Tooney, and, and what can the Chiefs do to attack them, and I got to think it's the tackles, but is there one side or the other, or, or where would you try to break down? This yeah, protection? I
2: mean, I, I think it's the tackles, and I think it's either or Marcus Cannon or Trent Brown. Now, Brown, you know, has sort of accoladed on himself fairly well. He's a big, wide-body body type of guy, but, you know, there have been times when he's been susceptible sort of to speed rush moves on the outside. Now, I know some question marks on health with you guys with, you know, Justin Houston get the hamstring, you know, but if there's a way to sort of attack the pocket for New England – it's off the edges. It's speed rushes against Trent Brown. And, and with Marcus Cannon, I mean, he's a solid sort of dependable type tackle. You know, you can get him with speed to the outside. You can get him with spins and twists back to the inside. But, yeah, definitely off the edges because the guys inside Andrews, you know, Mason and Tooney, they've been locked solid, especially Shaq Mason. I mean, I love that guy. I think he's one of the better guards in the league. And you know, and the Patriots just sort of redid his deal. And I know I'm killing you right now, man. But I, I, I really – I just did a – my, my – my tuesday show my tape tuesday show is literally an ode to shaq mason so oh, I'm yeah will you have to check it out it's still out there you can find it but
0: folks they're on the same network as us i'll put a link in the go. show notes
2: yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you know, one question I had for you guys, and this is actually a question from um, Jim R from the Locked on Patriots Slack channel is, you know, when the Patriots, they love to use sort of play action. Is there any sort of concern with that Kansas city defense now that the Patriots have gotten Sony Michelle going any sort of concern about the Patriots, you know, being able to do some things off the play action passing game?
3: I would say there's concern, especially considering it's possible Eric Murray isn't going to be playing. It uh, doesn't look like Eric Berry is probably going to be playing, although it's early in the week. Uh, it's a little too early to know either on either of those guys. Uh, if that's the case, then you're down to Ron Parker and Jordan Lucas as your safeties. Uh, that is a concerning thing for me. So, yeah, I would think that um, you know, play action is a big concern. I think the corners have acquitted themselves very well when you look at how they played against the competition that they faced, where Kansas City's really struggled is covering the running backs out of the backfield and covering tight ends. Um, so maybe, you know, things down the middle uh, with seam routes possibly uh, on play action, but I would think that they would be okay if, if they can have at least their starting safeties back there. But that's, like I said, a big question mark at this point.
0: I mean, Gronk's Gronk, but the guy who scares me is Michelle because the Chiefs linebackers have not been able to cover running backs at all. It was, it was a huge mystery why Jacksonville did not run their entire offense through TJ Yeldon. They elected not to, and that worked out in the Chiefs' favor, but
2: Michelle scares yeah, me. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think, you know, the guy that probably would be a little bit more scary would be White because it does seem, at least if you look at the Indianapolis Colts game, that there is a move to sort of use White Moore as the receiver out of the backfield and use Michelle Moore as the running back. I mean, when you get out of that Detroit game, the, Patri- the Patriots losing that game, there was a serious sort of predictability to the Patriots offense where when Michelle was in the game, he was touching the ball 77% of the time, run or pass. They were just trying to feed him touches. And it was clear that when he was on the field, they were going to get him the ball. And if it was in shotgun, they were going to throw it to him. If Brady was under center, they were going to run the ball. Now they've sort of gotten away from that. There was more versatility in what they were doing. You know, they weren't feeding them touches, you know, in the past game. They were sending them more whites away. So that might be the matchup, I think, for, you know, to watch when the Patriots are on offenses, white right versus, you know, those second-level defenders of Kansas City.
0: I like that. Do you think they're
2: going to platoon more? I mean, is it a, a true even split I mean, at this point? I have probably lost so much virtual currency trying to bet on how Bill Belichick and Josh Daniels are going to use their running backs that I'm virtually broke, let's put it that way, because, you know, they, they do so much from a week-to-week basis. And part of it, you know, last week might have been, look, you know, Darius Leonard was out, Anthony Walker was banged up, so you're thinking, look, we're going to really try to throw the ball to James White a ton it might be a completely different script. They might say, you know what, White and Michelle are going to be inactive this week because we're just going to do something completely different and just blow everybody's mind and just go five wide all the time. I mean, that's how unpredictable they can be. You know, that being said, I do think that they are going to try to sort of be versatile at the running back position, really get both of those guys in and out because, you know, they're, these are their two running backs right now. That's all they've really got. So they don't have to worry about getting a Burkhead in there or you know anybody else. This is it. So they're gonna try to keep those guys fresh, get them in and out as much as they can, but really sort of try to be as versatile and as unpredictable as possible. Because I know look, they were taking a lot of heat in the Boston media for, you know, the uses of Michelle over the first couple of games, people even going as far as to call him a bust, and I think that talk has sort of calmed down. But yeah, there was a little bit of unrest in the Boston media market about Sony Michelle after the first couple of games.
3: And I don't want to—I th- don't want to throw us too far back, but I will say that you know I remember back you know when Lawrence Maroney was a Patriot, uh, always being of the opinion that you never—I learned my lesson—you never draft a. Uh, Patriots running back because Bill Belichick just uses them so yep. undefined, I guess is the yeah, best way I mean, to put it. Uh, there is no great.
2: No, I Sorry, mean, the, the, the best way to sort of think about it is after Jonas Grave runs for like 300 yards on the Colts, they cut him because he showed up late. And I mean, that's Bill Belichick, and that's how he treats running backs. I mean, they're just – look, they've got a job to do, and they do it great. If they don't, we'll find somebody else that does. And from week to week, game to game, drive to drive, it's going to be a different running back out there in all likelihood.
0: Now, we know that the Chiefs have had success in recent years against the Patriots, but when I close my eyes at night, one of the things that still gives me nightmares is that little pivot route with Edelman. And I'm, I'm wondering, is, is the rust knocked off? Does he look like he's 80, 90%? how scared should he be? I mean,
2: be? I'd, I'd say he's probably in that 80, 90% realm. I mean, the thing that gives me a little bit of pause to say he's all the way back was that drop he had on that sort of peel concept, that post wheel route, you know, where he was wide open running that wheel and he just dropped it. You know, it was eerily reminiscent of that Wes Welker drop in that Super Bowl against the Giants, the second one. But that being said, I think the route running is there. And what's definitely back, guys, is the competitive fire. I mean, you know, Edelman of the squirrel, as people like to call him, he is a fiery dude. He is a trash talker. He will get in people's faces, and he was ready to throw down on Thursday night. There were a couple of punts or punt returns where one that got called back, where he had a 15-yard return that got called back, and he was ready to fight anyone on that entire Indianapolis Colts sideline. And so the competitive fire is back. He might not be there completely as a receiver, but with a you know a sort of mini buy like they've had, he might be pretty darn close to 100% come Sunday night.
3: Well, and I have to ask the question, you look at Edelman and what he brings to this team. I'm curious, you know, we kind of mentioned this earlier, Josh Gordon, what is he going to bring to this Patriots team and how much have you seen from him in the little time? Yeah, I mean, I
2: I know people are still sort of hoping – You know, in in New England for the 2013 Josh Gordon. I don't think we're going to get that. But what we're going to get is sort of that vertical element to this offense that has been severely lacking basically since they traded away Brandon Cooks. For some reason, Brady and Cooks never seemed to get on the same page. I think we're seeing more of that with Gordon, even though we had that sort of miscommunication on the route I talked about earlier. You know, but that touchdown throw, that was just an example of Brady sort of trusting his guy to make a play, and Gordon rewarded him. And, you know, it's tough. To get inside TB12's circle of trust, sometimes guys don't get there, sometimes guys take years to get there. Gordon seems to be on his way there, if not entirely inside the circle of trust, and that's big for this offense because what it does is what happens when you have Edelman back. And you have Josh Gordon in the lineup on the field as well. It has a trickle down effect. You know, Chris Hogan couldn't get separation against CB1, CB2 types, but if he's working against CB3 types, he can get separation. And so there's that trickle down effect of, you know, having both of these guys in the fold, you know, they can draw some better coverage. You still have Gronk. And so there's going to be opportunities for the Hogans, the Whites, the Michelles to get some touches in space against linebacker and safety types, which are potential mismatch situations. And this is a Patriots offensive system that is designed on getting those mismatches and so having gordon and Nettleman certainly helps in that regard
3: let's take another quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the how we think this game shakes out you need to go check out vivid seats vivid seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated per, to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that can last a lifetime with vivid seats listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. They offer great prices and an easy, easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code LOCKEDON, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app in a promo code LOCKEDON to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% money back guarantee.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: Before we get to how the game ends uh, and who wins, what do you think that Bill Belichick is going to be able to do to Patrick Mahomes? Do you think he's going to be successful in finding a way to slow him down, or do you think that that could be something that's a real mismatch? I,
2: mean, I think Belichick will win with,
3: and I guess specifically I should right. say with yeah, the way no, he's playing. I, out, I think,
2: you know. I think Belichick will win a couple of drives, but I think Mahomes is still going to have success on the majority of them. You know, part of it is a talent situation and part of it is the fact that, and we talked about this when I was on with the guys a couple of weeks ago, look, Mahomes has seen a lot of stuff from a defensive schematic standpoint. Now, he hasn't seen, you know, rolled coverages and matchup coverage and pattern match stuff on a, you know... Week in, week out basis in the NFL, but he's seen it in the college level. And so he is, does have some familiarity with this stuff. And so, you know, I, I think the Patriots will, you know, they'll get off the field on some occasions. They'll force a couple of punts or so, but I still think the Chiefs are going to put up, you know, enough points that should probably put them in a position to win this game. Now, whether, you know, Tom Brady and company outscore them is another question, but I think the Chiefs should score enough points, you know, to certainly give them a chance to come into to Foxborough and win this game. I make no qualms about that.
0: I don't know if it's my turn or not, but I think Chris should go first. Let's let's get down to of it.
2: You do what happens. <laughs> You know, I think this is a game that's going to have a lot of points. I think that both of these offenses, as we've talked about, have been put at points. Um, they seem to be able to move the ball. The Patriots offense seems to be a little bit back into form, you know, after that game against Indianapolis. So, look, I am the host of Locked on Patriots, so I will say that I'm going to say that the Patriots win this game, but I'm not that hugely confident in it. So I'll say 34-31 New England. Well,
0: I'm excited. It's another environment that has to be overcome. I think it's... Honestly, I hate to put it as quarterback versus quarterback, but at the end, I mean, that's what we're going to be watching, right? It it is about these two guys at the focal points of their rosters. I'm very excited to see what happens, and I hope I'm right. But if not, you know, I think it's still going to be a big contest uh, and and a learning experience for the young guy Uh, one last time
2: or hopefully last (laughs) time before Tom goes off. I I hear that a lot, my friends. Believe me, I hear that a lot. Why can't he just retire and go have fun now?
0: Folks, make sure you listen to Locked On Patriots this week, too. Definitely check out that Mason piece because that's, hey, this is the gear. Um, but thank you for all your time, all your reviews. Check out the rest of the podcast at work, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.